Praise God from whom all blessings flow. This is Brother William Kantz with this week's lesson from 2 Samuel. The chapter is 18. The verses are 1 through 18. And the title of this week's lesson is The Battle and Absalom's Death. Again, 2 Samuel 18, verses 1 through 18, The Battle and Absalom's Death. From the New King James, the text reads, And David numbered the people who were with him and set captains of thousands and captains of hundreds over them. Then David sent out one-third of the people under the hand of Joab, one-third under the hand of Abishai, the son of Zeruiah, Joab's brother, and one-third under the hand of Ittai, the Gittite. And the king said to the people, I also will surely go out with you myself. But the people answered, You shall not go out, for if we flee away, they will not care about us, nor if half of us die, will they care about us. But you are worth ten thousand of us now, for you are now more help to us in the city. Then the king said to them, Whatever seems best to you I will do. So the king stood beside the gate, and all the people went out by hundreds and by thousands. Now the king had commanded Joab, Abishai, and Ittai, saying, Deal gently for my sake with the young man Absalom. And all the people heard when the king gave all the captains orders concerning Absalom. So the people went out into the field of battle against Israel, and the battle was in the woods of Ephraim. The people of Israel were overthrown there before the servants of David, and a great slaughter of 20,000 took place there that day. For the battle there was scattered over the face of the whole countryside, and the woods devoured more people that day than the sword devoured. Then Absalom met the servants of David. Absalom rode on a mule. The mule went under the thick boughs of a great terebinth tree, and his head caught in the terebinth, so he was left hanging between heaven and earth. And the mule, which was under him, went on. Now a certain man saw it and told Joab and said, I just saw Absalom hanging in a terebinth tree. So Joab said to the man who told him, You saw him? And why did you not strike him there to the ground? I would have given you ten shekels of silver and a belt. But the man said to Joab, Though I were to receive a thousand shekels of silver in my hand, I would not raise my hand against the king's son. For in our hearing, the king commanded you and Abishai and Ittai, saying, Beware, lest anyone touch the young man Absalom. Otherwise I would have dealt falsely against my own life, for there is nothing hidden from the king, and you yourself would have set yourself against me. Then Joab said, I cannot linger with you. And he took three spears in his hand and thrust them through Absalom's heart while he was still alive in the midst of the terebinth tree. 
and ten young men who bore Joab's armor surrounded Absalom and struck and killed him. So Joab blew the trumpet, and the people returned from pursuing Israel. For Joab held back the people. And they took Absalom and cast him into a large pit in the woods and laid a very large heap of stones over him. Then all Israel fled, everyone to his tent. Now Absalom in his lifetime had taken and set up a pillar for himself which is in the king's valley. For he said, I have no son to keep my name in remembrance. He called the pillar after his own name, and to this day it is called Absalom's Monument. Praise God's holy and divine word. Let us listen and hear and do those things that God would have us to do. Our lesson text describes the planning and the execution of the battle between the forces of Absalom and the men of David. King David placed his forces under the leadership of Joab, Abishai, and Ittai. Although David wanted to lead his troops in battle, he was convinced otherwise. Absalom's rebellion had become a total civil war. Absalom had the support of the tribe of Benjamin. Those who had been loyal to Saul tended to join Absalom in chapter 16, verse 5. God had been angry with David over his mistreatment of Bathsheba. However, Nathan the prophet said to the king, The Lord also put away your sin. You shall not die. That's in chapter 12, verse 13. David's mistakes continued to get him in trouble. He did not seem to learn. However, his gift was his quick willingness to repent and therefore his faithful trust in God allowed him to continue to be valuable as God's anointed servant. What about us? How quick are we to repent and turn away from sin? David had demonstrated a deficit in discernment. In fact, all the major characters in this narrative were similarly disposed. It is as if the message for us is we all suffer from a, a lack of uh, distinguishing foolishness from wisdom. Although God forgave the king, his sin had consequences. The death of Uriah and the king's adultery had not been forgotten. The conspiracy against David grew strong for the people with Absalom continually increased in number, chapter 15 and verse 12. Absalom was, giving conflicting, was given conflicting strategic advice. Both David and Absalom had valued Ahithophel's advice. His counsel to Absalom was to strike quickly with a surgical strike to capture and kill David before the king could regroup and prepare for a major battle. Chapter 17, verses 1 through 3. Hushai, David's friend, notice in chapter 16, verse 16, gave another opinion. He reminded Absalom of David's ability as a guerrilla fighter 
and of the need for careful planning and for the gathering of sufficient troops in order to overwhelm David's forces to gain a decisive victory. Hushai also suggested that Absalom himself lead in the campaign in order that he might gain all of Israel's respect. The Lord sovereignly caused Hushai's counsel to be accepted. David had prayed as he left Jerusalem that God would turn the counsel of Ahithophel into foolishness. Chapter 15, verse 31. David was warned that he must lead his people across the Jordan before he would be swallowed up. Chapter 17, verse 16. So David and all the people who were with him arose and crossed over the Jordan. By morning light, not one of them was left who had not gone over the Jordan. Chapter 17, verse 22. At the hearing of this escape by David across the Jordan, Ahithophel apparently concluded that the revolt would fail, left Absalom's camp, went home, and committed suicide. Verse 1 of our study today in chapter 18. And David numbered the people who were with him and set captains of hundreds over them. Many Gentile leaders came to align themselves with David. They were provided provi provisions by Baracella, the Gideonite, in 2 Samuel 17, verses 28 and 29. Here, God demonstrates that he is the great equalizer for those who are his friends. Notice Proverbs 16 and verse 9. A man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. David soon found himself at the head of a considerable army. Given time and opportunity, he trained them into a fighting force. He organized his army and arranged it in companies and divisions. The result of various tribes coming to serve under David's command gave him the strength necessary to confront the forces of Absalom. There was a vast force under Absalom, chapter 17, verse 11, like the sand that is by the sea for multitude. However, leadership and tactical strategy went lacking. Absalom's commanders allowed themselves to be with their back to the river Jordan and also allowed David to choose the time and place of the struggle. Notice the narrator continues to call David king. A pitched battle was now inevitable. Verse 2, David sent forth. David said he would go with the troops, something he had been reluctant to do in the siege of Rabbah. David remained at Jerusalem, chapter 10, verse 11. We know the consequences of that. Here in chapter 18, verse 3, the people answered, You shall not go out. They indicated it was important he remain safe. The people urged truly that David is the very center of the whole cause and suggested that even while avoiding unnecessary exposure, he may yet be equally helpful 
by keeping a reserve in the city to help them in case of need. Verse 4. The king stood beside the gate as his warriors filed out of the city. Possibly with this refrain, Psalm 20, verse 1. May the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. May the name of the God of Jacob defend you. David instructed his generals to deal gently for my sake with the young man Absalom. Even as he prepared his troops for the battle that would determine whether he would remain king, David ordered his men to be merciful to the very person who sought his life. David understood the strategic advantage had shifted and his forces stood willing and able to command the outcome. Once again, David's reluctance to prosecute his son Absalom and hold him accountable causes consternation and confusion among his followers. Their laws were strict regarding obedience toward parents. Notice Deuteronomy 21 and verse 18. If a man has a stubborn and rebellious son who will not obey the voice of his father or the voice of his mother and who, when they have chastened him, will not heed them, the consequences were dire. As leader of the nation, David is responsible for the dispensation of justice as well as mercy. Justice, absent mercy, hardens hearts, but kindness and mercy, absent justice, becomes license to sin. Mercy and kindness are virtues unless they become excuses for overlooking disobedience and rebellion. David's forces advanced out in the field of battle against Israel. His commanders took the initiative in the woods of Ephraim, a stony, thorny forest that limited maneuverability, negating the advantage of Absalom's numbers. The battle was apparently fought in Gilead, east of the Jordan. Verse 7. The people of Israel were slain before the servants of David, and there was a great slaughter that day of 20,000 men. The battle was there scattered over the face of all the country. The armies apparently became dispersed. Chaos filled the woods as the fighting raged. In what appears to be an attempt to escape, Absalom found himself face to face with the servants of David. Verse 9. Absalom got entangled in an oak tree. Absalom in his flight found himself among his enemies and sought to escape. As he did so, his head caught between the branches of a tree. His mule went from under him and he hung there helplessly. Whether by the result of his abundant hair or by some other means is not stated, but his handsome head, his good looks, 14, chapter 14, verse 25, were in the end, ironically, his undoing. Verse 10, and a certain man saw it. This certain man reported the news to Joab. 
Joab seemed incredulous at the fact that the man saw just, just saw him and did not finish the job by striking Absalom and gaining Joab's reward. The man indicated that King David had specifically indicated no harm should be done to the young man. The man goes on to say in verse 12, you yourself would have set yourself against me. Making his way to where Absalom was trapped in the tree, Joab took three spears in his hand and thrust them through Absalom's heart while he was still in the midst of the terebinth tree. Verse 14. Joab's armor bearers came up and finished the job. Verse 15. Joab intended to eliminate the source of the rebellion and punish the interloper with the killing of Absalom. After Absalom's death, verse 16, Joab blew the trumpet and the people returned from pursuing Israel, for Joab held back the people. This trumpet call signaled the victory for King David's forces. The threat was eliminated. Absalom's troops lost their leader and their purpose. In death, Absalom's corpse was summarily disposed of in an open pit. Verse 17, note, covered with a heap of stones according to law, the appropriate punishment for a disobedient son. All of Israel retired to their tent, to their dwellings, to avoid the shame and punishment of their rebellion. This treatment of Absalom was in mockery of his monument he erected for himself during his lifetime, as Saul had done in the king's valley near Jerusalem. He wanted to remem be remembered, and he got his wish. But what a remembrance. The gloomy pit preaches anew the vanity of vaulting ambition, which overleaps itself and tells us once more that only actions of the just smell sweet and blossom in their dust. This lesson is yours. I pray that something has been said that is both edifying and uplifting. Thank you for joining me this day. Let us go to God in prayer. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Father God, we come to you in all humility recognizing that you are our God of love, a God of mercy, a God of long-suffering. Father, we, we come with repentance on our heart for, for those transgressions we have committed this week. We ask for forgiveness, and we seek a closer walk with you this day, Father, knowing that you are a long-suffering God a God of second chances. We thank you for being there for us, Father. We thank you for sitting high and looking low on to this low ground of sorrow, Father. Father, we thank you for your Son and our Savior, Jesus Christ, in whom, by whom, and through whom we may find our way back to you, Father, if it be your will. Father, we thank you for the church that Jesus established 
where men, women, boys, and girls can work out their soul salvation with fear and trembling. Father, we, we thank you for the opportunities that you provide for us on a daily basis, the many blessings that you bestow upon us in the form of our health, our wealth, and our energy, our zeal to go out and to serve you, Father, for that is your commandment. Father, we come with petitions on our heart for those who do not know you yet, for those who stand afar off, for those who are spiritually, physically, emotionally challenged. Father, we pray that your loving arms of protection be extended and for all to have those things they need this day to continue to serve you. Father, we thank you for this opportunity that we have had to study another portion of your holy and divine word, and we pray that everything that we have said and done this day goes down to your glory. Father, again, we thank you. We love you. We intend to serve you. We thank you for Jesus Christ, and it's in his name that we offer up this prayer. Amen. Again, church, it's a blessing to have the opportunity to continue to study King David and Solomon, this narrative of succession. Uh, thank you for being with me. Uh, let's all reach out this week in Christian love and lift someone up. All that we do is to be for your glory, Father. Thank you again for this time together. Count it all joy. Stay safe. Bye for now.